the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. into a Friday edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Glad to be with you as Oklahoma State prepares for Iowa State tomorrow in Ames. 2.30 kick in that one. I unfortunately will have to do a rewatch. Uh, probably, I'll probably get up Monday morning and do a rewatch before I do the podcast Monday morning. Sunday I'll be watching uh, NFL all day. I've got a big golf tournament this weekend, so I will be golfing Saturday at 2.30, but uh, I will do a rewatch. Might even have time late Saturday to dive into it. So uh, at some point I'll make sure that I get it watched so that I can bring you my analysis Monday here on Locked on Pokes. Uh, Oklahoma State obviously a 10.5 point underdog in this game. We've talked about that quite a bit this week. Iowa State seems to have figured it out. Iowa State, if you'll remember, early in the season was really struggling uh, to get things going. They won in triple overtime in week one against Northern Iowa. They lost to Iowa 18-17 in a game that they had ample opportunity to win. They fell down 20 to nothing to Baylor before ending up losing that game 23-21 after they stormed all the way back to take the lead. So Iowa State certainly seems to have figured it out over the last couple of uh, blowout wins on the road. And I know what you're thinking, 34-24 last week. That's not a blowout. Well, the game wasn't nearly that close. Iowa State led by three touchdowns for the majority of the game over Texas Tech for an 11 a.m. kick in Lubbock. So it seems like they finally made some adjustments, have gotten used to life without David Montgomery, without uh, Hakeem Butler, and they're playing a lot better football. Make sure you head over to Twitter. Find me at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. Uh, that's where you can tweet me any of your thoughts about Mike Gundy, the football program, basketball on the way. If you're going to Bedlam Soccer tonight, let me know that as well. Uh, as That'll be, I believe, 7 o'clock kickoff between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. A little Bedlam Women's Soccer in Stillwater at Neil Patterson Stadium. And if you haven't seen the new stadium, it's phenomenal. Make sure you get up there. Oklahoma State has uh, top-of-the-line facilities for just about every sport uh you know soccer no no different the tennis facility we all know is phenomenal baseball right around the corner one of the best college golf um, facilities in the country football obviously phenomenal basketball as well Uh, so make sure you get up and support all of Oklahoma State athletics as they've put just about everything into all sports not just football uh make sure you find me on twitter like i said at colby j powell at locked on pokes and subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you're listening take two minutes right now subscribe rate this podcast i would greatly appreciate it glad everyone is with me today why don't we head over to twitter because like i've always said if you tweet if you interact with the show i will make sure to read your tweets on the air nicholas mitchum tweets uh and and says that he agrees i think he was referencing wednesday's podcast uh i totally dropped the ball yesterday by the way i recorded the podcast early yesterday afternoon one two o'clock um and then i forgot to tweet the link out and so so i haven't gotten any tweets by 7 30 or so and i look and i'm like i i never tweeted the link so finally i got the link tweeted out last night at about 7 30 But Nicholas was tweeting in reference to Wednesday's podcast where I talked about Mike Gundy uh, not hiring good offensive coordinators because he's afraid of losing them. We saw it happen with Dana Holgerson. We saw it happen with Todd Monken. He, He hires 
good OCs, and then Dana Holgerson goes to be the head coach at West Virginia. Todd Monken goes to be the head coach at Southern Miss. These guys take other jobs. Todd Monken now uh, coordinating for the Browns in the NFL. Dana Holgerson obviously down at Houston. Houston nearly pulled off an upset last night against SMU, uh, although things have not been great down at Houston this season either. But uh, Mike Gundy stopped hiring good offensive coordinators because he was scared to lose them. You're only as good as your staff. You have to have good people around you. I mean, really, you're only as good as your staff. Look look down in Norman. I'll use Norman as an example. One defensive coordinator goes out. Another one comes in. It's totally different. It's totally different. One guy was clearly terrible at his job. One guy is clearly pretty good at his job. I'll let you all decide where you think Jim Knowles and Sean Gleason fall in on that scale. But you can look at the numbers. Oklahoma State's 63rd in the country in passing. Oklahoma State's 99th in the country in total defense. I'll let you figure it out for yourself. Nicholas then goes on to ask whether it's fair to say that three of five years, Gundy should compete for second or third at worst, the one-year reload, rebuild, and one year for actually winning the Big 12. Seems fair for his pay, and if that is too much, take one-plus mil of his salary and use for recruiting or coordinators. Uh, well, first off, I do think that Oklahoma State should have a higher recruiting budget. The, the way college football works, the landscape of college football, and just the market for coaches, I, I know everybody – is, you know, when you lose games, the salary is going to get brought up. I get that. Mike Gundy makes a ton of money. It just kind of is the market in college football. I'm not really concerned about how much money Gundy makes. I'm concerned about things that he does that, um, you you know, helps Oklahoma State win or not win football games. That's what I'm concerned about, but not in relation to how much money he makes. I, I don't, you know, concern myself too much with the dollars of college football head coaches. It just is what it is. Uh, I mean, you know, top guys in the country are making more than $9 million. A few guys making more than eight. I'm sure Lincoln Riley will be at that before too long down in Norman, Tom Herman in Austin. It, it just kind of is what it is with coaches' salaries, but the recruiting budget is absolutely a problem. Uh, so I don't know that that should come from Mike Gundy's money, but it needs to come from somewhere. That money can be found. There are donors who, who will fork over that money. Where, where do you think all that money comes from? You think they're building Boone Pickens Stadium off our tuition? No. If so, they'd call it tuition stadium. They'd call it stadium of the students. No, no, no. That's built off donors. Y- you've got money coming in. million dollars more for recruiting a year and make a big difference. Big difference. And, and coordinators. Because you've got to pay the best coordinators in the country if you want to get them to come to Oklahoma State. Um, and, and be a part of what you've got going on in Stillwater. Uh, as far as three or five years competing for second or third at worst, I think uh, r- really Oklahoma State should never really, I, I don't think, be worse. Maybe once every five years you're worse than about fourth. Because if you're fourth, then what you can say is, okay, OU's ahead of you, Texas is ahead of you, and then that allows for one other team to have a great year. With, with Trayvon Boykin, Boykin, TCU had a great team. Baylor's had a couple of great teams. Iowa State, last year, this year, really solid, really good. Will Greer in West Virginia last year, really good. So, if I say fourth, that allows OU in Texas because, you know, Texas is doing better. OU is what OU is. So, a lot of times you're not going to be able to be ahead of those teams. So, that allows for OU in Texas to be ahead of you and one other team to have a great year. Being sixth or seventh, 
maybe once every five years you lose a, a senior class that has several guys go to the NFL and you can't bounce back and you finish sixth or seventh in the league that year. Um, as far as winning the Big 12, one out of every five years, I'll, I'll be real honest with you. No, I don't think that's realistic, and, and I don't think that that should be the idea from a fan perspective, uh, not as long as Lincoln Riley's in Norman. I, I mean, I don't know if y'all have noticed, they've won four in a row. Yeah, four in a row, three with Baker, one with Kyler. Um, we, we can probably just go ahead and chalk up five. I mean, no, nobody's going to dethrone them this year, so we can probably go ahead and chalk up five. So, I, I mean, how can I say that, that I'm expecting Oklahoma State to win one out of five when the field can't even win one out of five. I mean, I mean, assuming Oklahoma goes on and wins it this year, then that means the field in the Big 12, the other nine that are not OU, will be O for the last five. So, so I can't put it on OSU to, to win one out of five. One out of ten, probably more realistic. I mean, I, I know Oklahoma State fans have a hard time accepting this. You are, you are in the same conference, and you're just up the road – competing head-to-head against one of the blue bloods in college football. And and college football is not designed for parity. In college football, if you're not in the club, you're not getting in the club. If you're not Oklahoma, Ohio State, Alabama, you're you're not getting in the club. Clemson's the exception, not the rule. What, What Clemson has done over the last decade, it's not how college football is built. It's not how it's designed it defies everything that Clemson's been able to do what they do and put together a little dynasty in, uh, in, in Carolina. It, it's not how it works. College football is not designed for parity. Because guess what? If you're already in the club, then you get to get the better players. You get better players. You get better coaches. You win with better players and better coaches. So Oklahoma State should, should almost never be worse than fourth. There should be a lot of years where they're in the Big 12 championship game. They're competitive. You know, once a decade they win the conference. Uh, you, you know, if you want to say once every seven, eight years, I don't have a problem with that. But, again, once every five years, the field can't even accomplish that in the Big 12. So I just think it's important to have realistic expectations for what this program should be. And, and that's not winning the Big 12, you know, every handful of years, but that's also not finishing six and six. There's a middle ground where Oklahoma State should fall. The floor should be eight and four most years, and the ceiling should be, uh, you know, 11 and one if everything goes right. So, uh, you know, we saw that ceiling with Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman and those guys. The ceiling for Oklahoma State has been 11-1. and one. The problem is that that floor still sits at 6-6. Six and six. We've got to raise that floor up. Thank you for the questions. Greatly appreciate it. Everybody hit me up with your questions on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Uh, I'm over. I need to take a break. Come back on the other side. This is the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to Locked On Pokes. I am your host, Colby Powell. Glad you are with me on this nasty, miserable, freezing Friday as Oklahoma State prepares to head to Ames and take on the Iowa State Cyclones. That game is at 2.30 tomorrow. Spencer Sanders looking to bounce back in a big way. Uh, it's been rough for Spencer Sanders in conference play. 1-3 now, Oklahoma State is in conference play. The only win uh, coming in the uh, Oklahoma State's Second conference, yeah, they play Kansas State after Texas. The second conference game against Kansas State um, in, in a game that was 
really the defense of Oklahoma State is what got the job done. Oklahoma State scores, I believe it was only two touchdowns in that game, four field goals to win it, 26-13. to 13. So uh, it's been tough for Spencer Sanders. A lot of turnovers, a lot of criticism, rightly so, um, for his play in conference play. And, and I know that he's looking uh, to snap out of that tomorrow. If you're looking at the weather, it's supposed to be perfect in Ames. I mean, it's not going to be nearly as miserable as it is outside your window today, assuming you're listening from anywhere in the state of Oklahoma. Tomorrow, uh, 2.30 in Ames, it's supposed to be about 55 degrees, partly cloudy, mostly sunny, and uh, the wind's supposed to be blowing 5 to 10 miles out of the south-southeast, so the wind should be nearly a non-factor. Uh, I know my mom and sister headed up to Ames. I'm, sur- I'm sure that some of you or you have friends and family are headed up to Ames. Oklahoma State usually travels pretty well. Uh, be safe getting there and back, but as far as the game, uh, might get a little bit chilly whenever you uh, get behind the uh, sun if you get in the shaded part of the stadium, but shouldn't be miserable by any means. So, Uh, Looking for a good day of football tomorrow in Ames between Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Some of the big games in the Big 12 tomorrow, we'll just run through all the games in the Big 12. Uh, 11 a.m. kick? Oh, guess who drew the 11 a.m. slot? The Oklahoma Sooners. 11 a.m. every week. Uh, OU is 7-0 now, 4-0 in the Big 12, and they are at Kansas State. Kansas State's 4-2, 1-2 in conference. Kansas State actually beat TCU last week at home, which I did not see coming. I I still don't have a read on TCU. TCU's now 3-3 on the year, 1-2 in conference play, and I have no read on the Horned Frogs. Uh, as they are just a one-point dog to Texas this week. We'll get to that game. Oklahoma and Kansas State. Uh, OU's a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, we all watch that Kansas State offense at Stillwater, right? If you, if you were at that game, you saw how utterly inept Kansas State is offensively. I, I don't know how they score more than about 14 points. And, and nobody is holding Oklahoma this side of 40 – Except Oklahoma. I mean, if they decide to, to, to slow it down, they can hold themselves this side of 40. They put up 52 last week against West Virginia. I don't see how Oklahoma doesn't cover that 23-and-a-half. I think something would have to go wrong for them not to cover the 23-and-a-half. Fun fact, I got it Monday morning at 22-and-a-half. So uh, I'm getting one point of value for what the line is currently uh, on, on my gambling this week. So shout out to me. Uh, Oklahoma and Kansas State, that's an 11 o'clock game on ABC if you want to watch the Sooners before Oklahoma State and Iowa State get going. 2.30 on Fox, uh, not FS1. Oklahoma State and Iowa State's on FS1. Big Fox is Texas and TCU. Uh, I have no read for this game whatsoever. I told you all last week here on the Locked on Pokes podcast, I said Texas is missing half its starters. They're a team completely run down. They're overlooking Kansas. I said Kansas is going to win. No, no, no. I said Texas. Pardon me. Pardon me. I said Texas is going to win, but Kansas is going to cover that 21 easily. Now, I did not think that Texas was going to have to kick a game-winning field goal to beat the Jayhawks. That was not my prediction. But I did tell you they would cover because Texas is beat up. And without knowing who's going to play for Texas, I can't feel good about predicting them to win. But I I don't know if TCU is any good at all. TCU might be a total train wreck. So, I don't know. Stay away from this game. I'm not betting this game. I have no interest in the one-point spread, Um, you know, a virtual pick 'em. 
between Texas and TCU. I don't know enough about either one of these teams with how injured Texas is and how, how bad TCU might be to, uh, to give you good advice on the Texas-TCU game. Texas Tech-Kansas is uh, a 6 o'clock kick. That's on FS1, so that'll, you, know, you only have to change the channel. Watch OSU-Iowa State and then leave it right there for Texas Tech and Kansas. Texas Tech's now a five-point favorite. It was three earlier in the week. I think Kansas probably covers that. Kansas feeling themselves a little bit. They're a better team. Les Miles has them fired up. They're 0-4 in conference. I think they're going to get somebody before conference season is up. I don't think they're going 0-9 in conference. So watch out on Saturday as Texas Tech heads to Kansas for a 6 o'clock kick uh, because that's a big game in the Big 12 conference. Uh, I'm going to take one final break, come back on the other side, and I will give uh, my score predictions. Got one on Twitter from Ryan as well. Uh, you know, he he was the only one who picked Baylor to win last week. He had him 34-30, uh, which looked like it had a chance for a while before Baylor went just bananas in the fourth quarter uh, and steamrolled Oklahoma State in Stillwater. But score predictions coming up next. We'll take a look at some of the biggest games from around the country as well, not just the Big 12. So stay with me here on Lockdown Pokes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Pokes, wrapping things up here on a wet, miserable, nasty Friday here in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State and Iowa State getting ready to go tomorrow at 2.30, FS1 for that game, 10.5 point spread in favor of Iowa State. The over-under on that game, the total is 63.5, so that tells you, you know, Vegas is looking somewhere in the 37-27 range. Uh, in favor of Iowa State. So not expecting it to be a real high-scoring game. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, the offense has not been nearly as high-octane as we've seen in the past. Spencer Sanders certainly will be looking to get back on track tomorrow against Iowa State, get back to some of the form that he had earlier in the season. Uh, Conference play has not been kind to Spencer Sanders. The loss down at Texas, uh, probably not his fault, wasn't his worst game, but then you had the game in Lubbock. Then the fumble, the scoop and score last week against Baylor in Stillwater. So it's been a rough few weeks for Spencer Sanders. Hopefully he can get it turned around and get going tomorrow uh, in Ames. Uh, Before I forget, I want to tell everyone about my bookie. Football season is in full swing. It's late October, and MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.ag today and use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. All right, glad everyone is with me. Let's take a look. And some of the big games around the country. Uh, and then I will give you my keys to the game, my score prediction, as well as what I have on Twitter. Uh, okay, so big game in the Big Ten tomorrow, 11 a.m., Wisconsin and Ohio State. This obviously has playoff implications. Anytime any of the undefeateds in college football take the field, it has playoff implications. This was supposed to be a much bigger game than it's going to end up being because Wisconsin laid an egg last week in Illinois. They went to Champaign, got beat by uh, what I believe is now a 3-4 and four fighting Illini team. Just, just not a very good Illinois team whatsoever. And uh, Wisconsin went down there and got beat. They, they overlooked them. Uh, they were probably looking ahead to Ohio State. And Wisconsin's a good team. They're not good enough to overlook anybody. I, I, I'm just telling you, Wisconsin has been, uh, in, in my opinion, a pretender for years whenever it comes to a team that can compete for a national championship. 
Uh, even you, you remember the year that TCU and Baylor both got left out of the playoff. TCU dropped from third to sixth the last week. Yeah, that was because Ohio State beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. 56 nothing, 59 nothing, something like that. I expect Ohio State to roll Wisconsin tomorrow in Columbus for that 11 a.m. kick. So that's a big game between two top 25 teams. Another big game at 2.30 if you're the kind of person who likes to watch two games at once uh, or if you like flip around during commercials or something whenever Oklahoma State's on. Auburn and LSU is 2.30 game on CBS. Obviously, with LSU being undefeated, Auburn 6-1, 3-1 in conference. Big game with playoff implications. Uh, and then the other game that pits two top 25 teams tomorrow. There's only one other game that pits two top 25 teams, and that is Notre Dame at Michigan. Hopefully, Michigan can win that game. They've already got two losses. If Notre Dame could add a second loss, they already took one to Georgia, then we could stop pretending like Notre Dame is a good team who should be pardon me, who should be in the national conversation uh, for a playoff spot and, and for being one of the best teams in the country. I, I hate pretending that Notre Dame is one of the elites in the country just because they were uh, around the time that I and a lot of other people were being born. Nobody cares. They're not there anymore. Stop putting them in the playoff. They went undefeated last year. They got to the playoff, and what happens? They get trucked, just like they did in 20. 20- 12-2013 by Alabama. Uh, you know, the last two times they've played on the national stage, they've yet to muster a touchdown. So uh, you can go ahead and chalk me up as a full Notre Dame hater. I hope that I never have to see them in the college football playoff again, even though I know that I undoubtedly will. Uh, okay, that's the uh, biggest games around the country this week. Oklahoma State and Iowa State tomorrow in Ames. Time for some keys. Keys to the game right here. The official paper with the official keys. Tomorrow, I've got three keys, three things Oklahoma State needs to do if they're going to win this game. Number one, something they didn't do in Stillwater a year ago against the Cyclones, contain Brock Purdy. You're not going to be able to turn Brock Purdy over four times. You're not going to be able to have him throw for 170 yards through the air. But you've got to contain him. You can't let him go crazy. You know, 270 yards on 60% completion, you get one touchdown, one interception, you're winning against Brock Purdy. Now, that that's not an easy ask for an Oklahoma State passing defense that's 102nd in the country, but that's why it's one of my keys to the game. In order to beat a team like Iowa State, a team that you're a double-digit underdog to, you're going to have to do some things that you haven't been doing. Some things that you've done that have led you to be a 10.5-point underdog in a conference game, that's these big plays Oklahoma State's giving up through the air. So you have to be able to contain Brock Purdy. My next key Give your own quarterback, Spencer Sanders, a chance to be successful. If I look, I won't be watching the game live. When I do my my rewatch, uh, I'll probably live tweet my rewatch so that I can tweet every time Oklahoma State goes run, run, pass, punt. If they run on first down, run on second down, pass on third down, and then don't get it and have to punt it away, I'll make sure to uh, to notate that so that I know how many times they went run, run, pass, punt because you're setting your quarterback up to fail. Stop running the ball on first and second down every time. Stop throwing it on third down every time and letting defenses key in on exactly what you're doing. It's clearly not working. Baylor got wise to it in the second half of that game, started to shut Oklahoma State down. So give Spencer Sanders a chance to be successful. Once you've got Chuba established, run play action on first down. Throw a ball 50, 60 yards in the air down the field over the middle to Tylen Wallace and let him run underneath it. Stretch the field. Give Spencer a chance to be successful. And then my third key 
is let's not have the coaching errors that Mike Gundy talked about on Monday that led to 70-yard touchdowns for Baylor. Let's not do that against Iowa State. Mike Gundy told me that that's not on the players. That's what he told me on Monday. He said that's on the coaches. That's not unacce- I mean, that's, a, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. It happens once. Okay, maybe something went wrong and they had the right play call at the exact right time. Baylor had four plays of more than 60 yards in that game. Three different receivers had a catch of more than 60 yards. Jermichael Hasty had a run of more. I believe Jermichael Hasty had a catch and a rush of more than 60 yards. That, that's not acceptable to let teams have that many big plays. And you told me it was on the coaches? Okay, I'm putting the onus on the coaches to, to, to stop it, to, to cut it out. Enough with the monster, monster plays on the other side. Those are my keys to the game tomorrow for Oklahoma State in Ames. Uh, let's head over to Twitter and get Ryan's score prediction. Uh, obviously, I got the podcast out late yesterday, so if you missed it this week, every week, every Friday, I take score predictions. I read them uh, on the pro- on the podcast on Friday. So on Thursdays, I'll call for score predictions, and then on Fridays, I'll read them on the air. Last week, Ryan correctly predicted Baylor to beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater. This week, Ryan says prediction for Saturday's game versus Iowa State. I think the game will be close. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going with Iowa State 41 and OSU 33. So that would be about 10 points over the total. He says, I also think Chuba goes for 200 plus. Uh, I think you could be close on the score there. Like I said earlier, I I don't think Chuba will go for 200 plus. I think it is strength against strength for Oklahoma State and Iowa State uh, with Oklahoma State's rushing offense, Iowa State's rushing defense. So I think those will kind of, you know, offset. Oklahoma State will have some wins running the ball. Iowa State likely will have some wins stopping the run. So Thank you, Ryan, uh, for that score prediction. Glad you were able to get that in. If you missed it this week, again, I got the link out late last night for Thursday's podcast. Every Friday, I'll take your score prediction, read it here on the air, and uh, we can see who was right come Monday. It's time for my score prediction, and I've kind of been going back and forth. Um, you know, I'm going to pick Iowa State to win the game, but but I've been, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a close game or if Oklahoma State is to the point where this team's getting a little bit deflated and uh, it's going to be tough for them to, to put on their best performance. I'm going to go with 38-27 Iowa State. I, I think that it'll be, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a backdoor touchdown for Oklahoma State that gets them within two possessions. I think Oklahoma State's going to play most of the game close, down by a touchdown, down by a field goal, and then in the end, I think in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, that's when the more experienced team who's shown to me that they can win these games uh, will take over. So, unfortunately, I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma State uh, to, to take the L tomorrow in Ames. If you think the Cowboys are going to win, it's not too late. Tweet me. Tweet me if, uh, if, if you get the score right. I'll give you a shout-out on Monday. Uh, if you predict Oklahoma State to win and you're right, I'll give you a shout-out Monday here on Locked on Pokes. Uh, any other questions, comments uh, you, you have about anything I've talked about today or this week on the podcast, let me know. At Colby J. Powell, at Locked on Pokes on Twitter. Uh, all right, before we get out of here, got to remind everybody, uh, you need to go check out Roman. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, glad everyone was with me all week. Uh, the weather's miserable today, but it should be perfect tomorrow in Ames. So hopefully we've got a good one in store between Oklahoma State and Iowa State. I'm back Monday here on Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.